Okay, it's bedtime, Allie. You only make moves like this when you're losing. Now look, Dad'll be up to tuck you in and I don't want to get yelled at. He won't yell. If we lived with him, he'd yell. But we don't, so he won't. And besides, guess what? I can't. You got me stumped. I think they're getting along better. Mom and Dad. Since last year. Well, they got divorced last year, so they couldn't be getting along much worse. All right, I'm bored now. Will you read me old yeller? I can read it myself, but I like the way you do all the voices and make everyone sound so weird. Wait, why did you say they're getting along better? Because I'm going to ask Santa to get them back together again so we can have us back together again. Now look, Hallie, you can't ask Santa Claus for that. Why not? Well, because. Because he's jolly. He's a jolly fat guy and not a marriage counselor. Welcome to So What's the Problem, where we rewatch re a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy. And today we'll be discussing All I Want for Christmas, which was released in the US on November 8th, 1991, and in the UK on November 29th, 1991, so not a big gap. Written, it was written by Tom Eberhard and uh, Richard Kramer and directed by Robert Lieberman. It stars Ethan Randall, as he was known at the time. Uh, Flora Birch, Harley Jane Kozak, Jamie Sheridan, Lorne McCall, Kevin Nealon, Amy Oberer, Andrea Martin, and Leslie Newman. I was going to say, and Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Santa's not real. Shh. Uh, what? <laughs> Jimmy and I have uh, thought of three problems the movie has, three problems each, and we'll discuss them. We also each have a positive. And uh, let me find my little synopsis. Yeah, I took it from Google. I didn't write this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, for Christmas, two New York siblings, I wish it said yuppie siblings, two New York siblings, Ethan and Hallie, want nothing more than to spend the holidays with their parents by bringing them back together. For this, they make some rather hilarious plans. Is it all? M mice are always funny. Yeah. Or um, I'll, I'll note in it, Synopsis says spoiled rich white kids get what they want for Christmas. <laughs> that's that's just basically the gist. Yeah. So history, Jen. Which history of this movie you picked? This. What's going on? I saw it in the theater. I loved it when I was a kid. Um, All right, nice. We, in fact, somewhere in storage, I have. Um, I remember taking from the video store. They had a stack of um, like promotional Christmas list things on it so it had like a picture of the kids and you could write what you wanted and I do remember seeing it mm -hmm. I don't know in high school or something when I was like putting stuff away and for some reason I couldn't throw it away so somewhere I have that like I was I was a big fan hadn't seen it in a while though uh yeah what about you I said that last week that you said it was one of your favorites like Christmas movie favorite Christmas movies going on and I said mine too but when I saw this it would have been 90 two probably so i would have been 14 maybe 15 when i saw this mm -hmm. um and 
I don't know why. I, I just sort of had a soft spot for it and it was my sort of one of my go-tos. I've watched it many times at Christmas over the years. I haven't seen it in a while, but I did used to like watch it. Like if it was on TV, I would sit and watch it. I just I just liked it and I don't know why, <laughs> but I just kind of, I just, don't know, I just had a soft spot for it. I just thought it was kind of cute and like harmless and um, now I'm thinking, oh, these fucking spoiled rich kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I, I, I still had sort of, not fun with it, but I still sort of enjoyed some of it. I liked some of the humour in it, like some of the jokes with the, uh, <laughs> when he phones the, 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 uh, phones the friend. And his grandma has collapsed yes. in the background. Um, yeah, I like all that stuff. There is some funny stuff in it, some amusing stuff in it. But so I'm assuming you don't like it as much now, then, or no, no. Um, and a lot of it has to do with my attitudes towards the rich. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking that. See, I never thought about it when I was growing up. Yeah, I never. Thought, they were just a couple of kids. I never thought that they were, you know. Spoiled, rich little twits. Well, I mean, and that's how it, like, so much of pop culture is uh, rich people, or at least upper middle class. Like, I <laughs> I grew up in a one-story house, and, um, you know, I, I just remember the first time I saw, or one of the first times I saw a one-story house in a movie, I was shocked. Because, like, everyone yeah. in movies had just, like, these huge houses. And... <laughs> um, Speaking of which, speaking of rich kids, I uh, watched Home Alone this morning. <laughs> yeah, there's another one. But at least with Home Alone, it's fun. Yeah. And next week, of course, we'll be doing Home Alone too. Woo! I'm excited. Um, Yeah, <laughs> there's a spoiler for you. We said it last week anyway. Um, so, yeah, exactly. I mean, now I'm like, this is just sort of like wish fulfillment, isn't it? It's It's not... I don't think these kids really... I don't think this miracle deserves... They don't deserve this. Mm -hmm. I don't think this needs to be a thing. Your parents split up for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know? Just leave them be. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Fair enough. Don't marry Kevin Nealon. Let's get into that then. Let's see your first problem, Jim. Okay, so this is the first Christmas since their dad moved out. So they've been... Their parents have been split up for less than a year. Mm -hmm. And she is getting married. Mm-hmm. I try not to be too judgy, but come on. Like, and Kevin Nealon's character just seems so cold and everything. Like, I can't imagine they have, like, a strong bond. You see, I was actually with Kevin Nealon's character for a while in this movie. Really? Yeah. I, one of my problems was going to be, is Tony that bad? Because I was thinking, he's tr- he is trying. I think he's just the kind of person who just doesn't really know how to interact with people. Mm-hmm. But he does try with Harley. He really does. But then at the end, um, he says he's never liked the kids. So I'm like, nah, fuck you, dude. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, his true colours come out right at the end. But I think that was just convenient. I think that was just sort of put in there. It's just like, you know what? He is an arsehole. Don't like him. But I felt sorry for him because, see, when, um, when Harley is screaming for Snowball, and he comes out the car and runs over and says, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And he goes to look for Snowball, even though he fucking can't stand mice. He hates mice. He's terrified of them. He goes and looks for Snowball. He's trying his best. Then they go and lock him into the fucking Ben and Jerry's truck. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's not fair. He's trying. But then at the end he says, I've never liked them kids. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, getting married. 
that's soon. And then she's ready to just get remarried to the husband again. Well, and especially, like, to get married so soon when your kids don't like the guy. Like, it just Mm -hmm. seems to me that if you have kids, maybe you should, like, make sure there's some sort of relationship there before getting married. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, rather than just, oh, they'll get over it, they'll get better. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll like them more. Um, Yeah. Well, my first problem is... The movie poster. <laughs> because the movie poster makes the, the movie look... It makes it look like a completely different movie. If any of you haven't seen the poster, it's Hallie and um, Ethan standing and uh, they've tied up Santa Claus and Santa Claus is upside down and he's hanging from pencil and he's tied up in pencil and Hallie's got a big long list and that makes the movie seem like Santa's going to be in it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And maybe like Santa's one of the main characters in these, um, and it's going to be about them harassing Santa. Yeah. And the movie isn't that at all. Santa's barely in it. Yeah, I'm looking at the looking at the poster right now and I'd never yeah. really thought about it. <laughs> yeah. I think I, when I first rented it, I rented it based on the poster because I thought it was maybe going to be that sort of thing. It was going to be a, a lot more sort of like Home Alone-ish, you know, hijinks and all that. But it's quite a somber little... It's not really too outrageous or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's what the, the poster makes out to be more outrageous and it's going to be more of a comedy, really, than it yeah. actually is. Um, but, yeah, so that's my first positive is the poster. <laughs> you mean your first negative? Aye, my first negative. You said your first, first positive. Problem. I did, indeed, because it begins with a P and I was getting confused. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay what is your second problem how does frank not hear tony mm. the the truck driver how does he not hear tony because he's dead did it did they say that yeah okay i missed that then the dad is talking to him but he's shouting because he's he's uh deaf in one ear okay so my problem is that i don't pay enough attention yeah and he's singing to himself he's singing out loud so he can't hear Okay. Because it's his deaf ear. All right, I'll take that one back. I'll take that one back and say my second problem is uh, this is just another movie where there's plans that have to work out perfectly. Like, yeah. how did they, how did these children time everything so perfectly? I know. That's, I know. that's a problem. Uh, and it's, the plans aren't even really that great. It's not really that amazing. It's just, you know, Pretend you're sick and mum will come over. Well, like one thought I had for the first time the other day is I was <laughs> I was at a bar and uh, Home Alone was like, I went there to read, but Home Alone was on the TV. So I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm watching Home Alone. Mm-hmm. You go to the bar to read? Yeah. Okay. Um, If I read at home, I'll fall asleep. Um, and so I, I'm, you know, I just saw a little bit of it. That's why I watched it today because um, it was mm-hmm. like, you know, past the middle but it gets to the point where the the robbers come to the house at night and he's waiting for them in the kitchen with his gun and everything. And I was like, how does he know they're going to start here? Yeah. How did he know this? <laughs> like these kids, kids know, apparently know how to, to plan things perfectly. I know. I know. And by- I don't, I can't remember if you brought that up last year. When we I don't, did home I don't think I ever thought I about it. So. I don't think I ever thought about it till the other night. And then I got pissed because right after that, the bartender switched the TV to football. 
And I wanted to complain because there are multiple TVs, like just turn my TV back to Home Alone. But then I saw it was yeah. a Raiders game, and I know Raiders is his favorite team, so I was like, screw it. Like I probably wouldn't have watched it today, except I got a little taste the other day and had to, yeah, had to watch it. Yeah, but yeah, the I don't even adults couldn't plan things out that perfectly. No, I know it's all very convenient, isn't it? I guess it's I guess that's why it's fiction. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Um, and also the rich white kids, so they have to win. Um, so <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. So my second problem. Is my second um negative <laughs> is um the use of the word spaz. Ah, uh, yeah. That's just thrown in there. Um we've spoke about it before. Yeah. Um loads of times in other movies that have used it. But it was nineteen ninety one in a family movie. There's no need for it. See, and I didn't know that was a problem until you told me. Yeah, there's no need for it. Uh but yeah, anyway. Because usually that word is edited out mm-hmm. of Movies in the UK, like new certificate movies, it was cut out of Flight of the Navigator, it said at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this, I don't remember actually hearing it the first time, so maybe it was edited, but I watched it on streaming in the UK, mm-hmm. and it's still rated you, and it's still there, so, I don't know, maybe it's been put back in, or I don't know. But yeah, no need for it. So, what's your second, uh, what's your whatever problem we're on? <laughs> Third problem. Um, I worry about movies like this and like the parent trap giving kids of divorce too much hope. Like the oh, idea that you're going to get your parents back. Like, I'm just wondering how many kids have thought up wacky schemes to try to get their parents together based on these movies. But like, that has to happen. Like I've, 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 I know I've read on the internet where people have talked about ha- like kids of divorce having problems with movies like this. Um, and it's it's one of those things where it's like, especially watching it as an adult, you're like, people have problems. Like these two people still clearly have feelings. They still clearly love each other. Like there's yeah. there's doesn't seem to be like any hostility there or anything, but they obviously didn't work for a reason. Yeah. And I mean some people do get back together, but it's it's still like I don't know, it seems a little irresponsible to me. Because I'm not really 100% sure why they split up in the first place. It was like she had a problem with how much time he spent working on the diner. Yeah, because he was getting fed up being a yuppie. He was getting fed up wearing suits and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to do something like like the, the diner um, and work for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what it was. And she's like, nah, mm-hmm. go away. I'm going to go live with my rich, my rich mother. I hope. Because we don't find out, but I do hope that since they're getting back together, that he still keeps the diner. Mm-hmm. I hope he still does that because, and she's the one that's like, you know what, the diner's a good idea. You keep that up. Well, um, and I would think like if she moved in with him, then if your house is so close to the diner, I would think that would cut down on some problems, right? Mm-hmm. Like, him not being home enough or whatever, like, it's a quick commute home, and so I would think that would help. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, it's a, a, I dread to think just how many kids tried it in real life, tried something, because some people just aren't meant to be together yeah. long term. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. Um, right, so my third problem, Jen. Okay. As... Even though the toilet seat is down, I still wouldn't sit on it, especially not if I was wearing a really nice dress like Hallie is. 
I wouldn't just be sitting in that toilet seat. Really? Reading a book. Yeah, I wouldn't. It's just, uh, it's just the whole idea of a toilet seat. Even if the lid's down, I'm still like, eh! <laughs> there's, still, there's still germs there! You know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's my third book. Hallie always seems to wear cute outfits. Mm-hmm. Like, that dress is really cute, and the, the jacket that she wears is cute. And I just keep reminding myself that's because they're rich, Jimmy. Did you see what it had on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, yeah, that, you can see 7%. It. <laughs> yeah, but it was like 15 people or something. Can I read you the opening paragraph of Roger Ebert's uh, review? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is the, the first paragraph. I won't read the whole thing, but I'll read the first paragraph. All I want for Christmas is to never see all I want for Christmas again. Here's a calculating yeah. holiday fable that is phony to its very bones. Artificial, contrived, illogical, manipulative, and stupid. It's one of those movies that insults your intelligence by assuming you have no memory, no common sense, and no knowledge of how people behave when they are not in the grip of an idiotic screenplay. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really argue with that. But it's also, I, I mean, mean, it's a movie aimed at kids. Like, it's it's so crazy to me, like, how snobby some reviewers get about movies that... Here's, here's my problem with reviewers, is that mm. they judge, like, so many of them will judge every movie the same, like, on the same scale. Yeah. When yeah. it's like, this movie isn't for you, sir. You are a grown grown man. Like, this mm-hmm. movie was not made for you. Please consider that. Or, like, if you read a review from somebody about, like, a romantic comedy and there's someone who hates romantic comedies. No, 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 no. I want to read a review from someone who likes romantic comedies. Because a review yeah. from someone who doesn't, that's not going to mean anything to me. Unless they give it a rave review, it's not going to mean anything. Because they don't like the genre. Like, I don't... It, it bothers me that critics review everything. Mm-hmm. They need to stick to their lane. They need to stick to what they like. And if it's yeah. if it's a genre they don't like, someone else needs to come in and do it. it drives me crazy. Because would you really trust, like, like if you know somebody who hates horror films, are you really going to trust their opinion if they tell you a horror film sucks? No. So anyway. I don't think this is, quote unquote, a kid's movie. I think it's a family well, it, movie. It is a family movie, but he's... Because I do think, like, adults can enjoy this, too, to, to a degree. Did Ebert have kids? Because that would make a big difference. I think that, like, if you're watching a family film and you don't have kids and, you know, you don't see them feeling the magic of Christmas, like, I think mm-hmm. it might be a different viewing than if you have kids. Uh, No, he had no kids. Okay. He was married, but he had no kids. That's why he was such a grump with family films. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, he was a, yeah, he was a Democrat. There you go. Beliefs, yeah, no, ki- no kids. Yeah, I've gone down a rabbit hole. I'm reading about <laughs> personal life. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. But I do think that I do think that movies like this can can appeal to adults as well. They can. I mean, I um, still enjoyed it. Yeah, not on the same level I did when I was a kid, but you know, it's a cute movie. And yeah. I remember when I saw it with my mom; she seemed like she really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So what's your positive then? I have two. One is Hallie's hair. Right. How cute is Hallie's hair throughout the entire movie? She has so many <laughs> different hairdos and they're so cute. And I remember as a kid being really jealous of her hair. Mm-hmm. And because uh, even if I had a professional do my hair, my hair is too thick to do a lot of the stuff that her hair did. Uh, so right. I just want to mention her hair. But the other thing is this movie was the first time I ever heard the song Baby It's Cold Outside. 
Right. And yeah. it, it was a long time before I understood that the song is creepy. And it's because it was introduced to me in such an adorable way. Like the, this movie does that song in a way that's cute and not rapey. Right. I'm good. Right. I'm going to defend that song. Okay. Uh, we've, we've had this discussion, haven't we? <laughs> I'm still going to defend okay, that again. Because okay. I don't think it is rapey. The original title of it was Cat, or not the original title, but in the song, one was, the guy was Cat and the woman was Mouse. No, Wolf and Mouse. Wolf and Mouse. Oh, that's worse. Wolf and Mouse. Yeah. But that, no, that's just what, that's just what they're called. It's not in the song. Okay. Okay. It's just what the, it's just what the, um, like the people who are playing them can call themselves. But we'll get into that. My positive is Flora Birch. Okay. Because she's just so natural. Mm-hmm. It, it's just easy to forget just how good she was as a child actress. Mm-hmm. She just, she just seems, she doesn't seem as though she was acting. Mm-hmm. She just seemed as though she was just being herself and just being adorable. She was really good and, uh, in Hocus Pocus and now, like, I loved her when I was a kid. And I was actually really disappointed because she had filmed some stuff for Wednesday and then I forget why, but she had to leave. So she was cut out. And I was really looking forward to seeing her in that. Yeah. So I'm going to defend Baby is Cold Outside. Um, because it was originally written for a husband and wife. It was written by a guy and um, his wife and he would perform it as a way to get rid of guests. As to let no guests know that it was time to leave their house. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. At their party. Yeah, they would sing that and everybody would know, right, it's over, let's go. Um. <laughs> But then it was sold for use in the movie Neptune's Daughter, nineteen forty nine, um, starring Ricardo mm. Um and I can't remember the woman's name, Esther Williams, I think. And it's sung twice in the movie. And the first time in the movie, it's a man asking a woman to stay. But then towards the end of the movie, it's sung by a woman, a different woman asking a man to stay. So it's actually used twice in the song, okay. in the movie. Sorry. The thing is, with the woman in the original version, uh, she wants to stay. It's it's purely because of the times of like the nineteen forties. It was like frowned upon for a woman to stay over at her boyfriend's house, mm-hmm. but she wants to stay. And the thing that everybody says is like rapey about the what is in this drink. Um, that is actually again, it's not about drink. It's it's not about um. That's not about drugs, it's about alcohol. Yeah. Because she hasn't been spiked, she's just blaming the alcohol for, for her wanting to stay. She's like, I've drank too much, that's why I want to stay with you. So, back in the 1940s, it is perfectly <laughs> innocent. But, <laughs> but, it has been used since, and SNL and fucking South Park used it. As um and parodies for um Bill Cosby singing it, mm-hmm. and use for Bill Cosby, so that's where the whole date rape well, thing came in. No, that's not entirely because I didn't even know about that. the The thing is, is I understand your defense. I understand all that. I get it. But if you are hearing the song for the first time today and looking at the lyrics, mm-hmm. it seems rapey. Like without. Bringing any, I still don't think it does though. I think it does. Why? Because she says, "What's in this drink?" A lot of it, but so if they cut that line out, then it would seem as as rapey. 
I mean, it's like this man, like, bullying, like, this woman who wants to leave. Like, if you if you read the lyric, I mean, it doesn't, yeah, you can read it as though she's pretending she wants to leave when she doesn't. Yeah, but also she, she's it trying can, to convince herself. But also yeah. it can sound as though she really wants to fucking leave and he won't let her. Yeah, I know. Fair enough. But that's not what the intention is. I know, but so the intention... I'm... I'm... No, but I'm defending the intention. <laughs> yeah, but that's also like when someone tells an offensive joke and then they explain it. And okay, no, I've got a good example. Mm-hmm. So in the uh, Cameron Crowe film Aloha, uh, Emma Stone plays a Hawaiian woman, an Asian woman. Right. And people were very offended because this clearly white woman is playing this Asian woman. Right. And the thing is, is when Cameron Crowe was in California or California in Hawaii doing research, he met this woman, this woman who looked totally white and she was part Hawaiian. Mm -hmm. She, she had the same ethnicity that Emma Stone claims in the movie. And he thought she was so charming, like that she, she didn't look it, but she wanted everyone to know. And he, I don't know, he liked her. So he based that character on her. Mm -hmm. Now, when you hear the explanation, it's like, okay, I get it. Like, that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make it okay. Because most, not everyone's, most people are not going to watch it knowing the backstory. They're just going to watch it knowing what they see. And it's the same thing with the song. Like, yeah, there's a backstory that makes it more innocent. But that, most people don't know it. But you can watch a movie like that. and st- Because, like, half-line people exist. Mm-hmm. You you can you can be like Hawaiian and still look kind of white. Uh, so I I would watch that movie and I would think, well, that could happen, you know. But I so also I don't think that's I don't think that's the best example. But I see what you mean. I do understand the, it's, the backstory thing. Not everybody knows it. So. When it talks when when it comes to like whitewashing movies, like whitewashing characters in movies, that is one of it's so funny. That's one of the number one examples people use. But like no one saw it. No, true. No one saw it, like, and I'm not saying you can't get upset about that. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, you can't be mad about, like, Scarlett Johansson and Ghost in the Shell if you never saw it. But it's just funny to Mm -hmm. me that no one saw Aloha. And if they did, they'd know it It really isn't a very good movie. (laughs) (laughs) I saw it by myself in the theater because I love Cameron Crowe, but I I just knew I'd be too embarrassed seeing it with anyone else. Um, Like, like, as though I made it or something. Mm -hmm. And it had its moments. It really did. But it is it is a movie with like a white, white main cast that takes place in Hawaii. And maybe that's not the best. Although in its defense, I remember reading a review where they were like, there's no there's like no native people here. Um, This is offensive. And I watched it. There were like a ton of Hawaiian people in that movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they weren't like the four main stars. Mm -hmm. But they were there with size of, if I remember correctly, sizable roles. Yeah, it's like Hawaii Five O, especially like the new one. Mm-hmm. Like all the main characters in Hawaii Five O were um, were white, mm-hmm. and then apart from well, there's two Korean actors who were supposed to be. I think they were supposed to be like part Hawaiian. I'm not sure yeah. if they were. Um, but then they started adding like um, uh black actors and Hawaiian actors, actual Hawaiian actors. But they were usually, like, some of the cops, some of the, like, um, the cops that were hanging around 
in uh, just in the background with Hawaiian, but it's like, yeah, but your main characters are still white. It's well, still kind and of... then the two Asian characters ended up leaving because the actors weren't paid enough in comparison yeah. to the other actors, which was really yeah. shitty. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Spoiled rich white people again, Jen. I know. Which leads us back to this movie. <laughs> yeah, and I, oh God, I loved Ethan Embry back then too. Uh, yeah like him and thora birch like the two of them in this movie together made me very happy because they were two i was like really into when i was younger yeah no they they, they have good sort of chemistry together mm-hmm. they, they seem like they're sort of siblings and he's you know uh he jokes around with her and stuff mm-hmm. like that but he's still a big brother he still cares for her and everything but i really like i really like um lauren bacall was the as the grandmother mm-hmm. i really liked the grandmother because she was she still liked the, you know, the the her ex um, uh, son-in-law. Mm-hmm. She still liked him. She still like was happy to see him when he came in and that, and she was great with the kids. And she didn't like Tony, so yeah. <laughs> you know, I liked that. It wasn't like a, she wasn't the stereotypical mother-in-law character mm-hmm. who hates this, who hates the the father. Yeah, you don't see that as much. Because I know, like, if Dylan and I got divorced, my parents would still love him. Like, we would still get along with each other's families. Like, I can't mm-hmm. imagine a world in which I would try to keep him away from Xander. Like, the way you see divorce yeah. depicted in movies and stuff, I just can't imagine ever my life being like that if I got divorced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, better I have notes. The war in Christmas was alive and well in the early 90s because she says Happy Hanukkah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like that when the kids go to the diner, uh, they go there often enough that they've got their own little outfits. Mm-hmm. Like, Hallie's got a little waitress outfit on. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's cute. Um, Amy Oberer, who plays the love interest, can't remember her Yeah. She was 17, um, and Ethan Embry was um, 12. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. I um. <laughs> That, that kind of stuff gets to me because it's like, you can cast someone else. Like, they're both very good in their roles, but, like, the age, it's kind of like um, in the pilot for My So-Called Life, Claire Danes was 13, mm-hmm. and Jared Leto was, like, 19 or 20. Or something like that. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, the show didn't... Most of the episodes were filmed two years later, but she was still 15 and he was in his 20s. Mm-hmm. And that is gross. Or, like, Kira Knightley in Love Actually is 17. Yeah. That is crazy. Like, I... Oh. Or Misha Barton on The OC was 17 when it started. 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just... Especially at that age, just even a few years difference can be really gross. Yeah. I think Mila Kunis was... Quite young when she did that. She was fifteen. Yeah, she was younger than the rest, but she was supposed to be. I think aren't they supposed to be a little bit older? I think they're supposed to be all like around sixteen or something. But uh, Ashton Kutcher was twenty at the time. Um, And it's so funny. (laughs) I was telling Dylan a story the other day, and he was he was shocked to know they never dated on the show. And I was like, yeah, because she was fifteen, and that's gross. Mm -hmm. But. I read a thing where she said that when she and Ashton Kutcher first got together, like she had just made a movie called Friends with Benefits and he had just made mm-hmm. a movie called No Strings Attached. And both of those movies yeah. are about people who decide to be friends with benefits 
uh, with a friend of theirs. And then, of course, that doesn't work out and they fall in love. And she said that they had just mm-hmm. made those movies and they learned nothing from them because they decided to be friends with benefits. <laughs> and now they're married <laughs> with children. And I found that story very, very charming. Yeah. There's a line in this that the, the, the 17-year-old love interest says that kind of made me go, oh. She says, I wasn't expecting an adventure this Christmas. I was just expecting to be depressed. <laughs> I like, related to oh. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, I wouldn't have thought about it. But now I'm like, oof, that's, yeah, that's sort of hits close to home. <laughs> that very much sounds like a line like something um a kid now would say though yeah that's a very modern line because these days we're like real open about depression and shit yeah absolutely um marshall the best friend mm-hmm. who is whose grandmother uh, collapses at dinner he got a power glove for christmas so you know good for you buddy yeah see why why did the parents check the diner because Hallie was in the room. I don't know. Why wouldn't they check the diner downstairs? I, I wondered that too. Yeah. Um, and Santa showing up at their house was weird, but it's just kind of strange, just tacking that on. But I'm glad Snowball is okay. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly, so, the, as long as Snowball. clearly the Macy Santa is the real Santa, just like uh, Hallie said. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's the way it goes. Yeah, it has to be. Um, do you have any extra trivia this week, Jen? Nope. And there's really not much about this movie on the internet. And and because of the Mariah yeah. Carey song, it's hard to find much. Yeah. I just put all the work for Christmas 1991, and then that's how I find things. Yeah. Because I, I need like, to find pictures and stuff for the, the website and everything, so that's how I did it. I still somehow found a bunch of Mariah Carey stuff. Did you? Yeah, it's not easy. It definitely isn't easy. Which, by the way, people love to hate that song. I was obsessed with Mariah Carey around the time that came out. And so, like, I bought that tape, like, the day it came out. Mm-hmm. So I've always had a fondness for it. So and it's it's kind of nice when there's something that everyone hates and you just get to sit there and enjoy it. Yeah. And just, like, watch them be miserable. That's really fun. I don't mind that Mariah Carey song. Do you know what song and movie I like? What song and movie do you like? Last Christmas. All right. Okay. Have you ever, have you ever seen Last Christmas? Yeah. I, I really like it. I, I'm sad yeah. it didn't. It's not more popular because I. It's just a very delightful, delightful, and I. I like um, Amelia Clark getting to be funny because she's actually very funny, mm-hmm. but she doesn't yeah. do a lot of comedy. No, it's a charming little movie. It is. I did like it. Yeah, I guess the plot twist. I did in the early on. Well, I I only but... did because people kept talking about how obvious it was, and then it just like thinking about uh-huh. the song. Like that, because I knew mm-hmm. based on the song that made it easy to figure out, but I was fine with it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I was fine. Yeah, no, I, I, I guessed it, but I still liked the movie. It was still quite charming and written by Emma Thompson. And I love the fact that George Michael, like, I, I can't remember if he read the script or she just told him about it, but like, he was aware of it before he died. Like, this is something she's yeah. been working on for a long time and that he, he gave it his blessing. And I thought that was really nice. Yeah. A lot of people hate that song, but I really like that song. That's a great song. Um, Andrew Ridgely, who's the other half of Glam, is actually in the movie as well. Oh, really? Yeah. See, people tend to forget Andrew Ridgely, but he was the other half of Glam. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't just George Michael. Yeah. Andrew Ridgely actually wrote songs as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But, yeah. 
Um, no, that song's played all the time here. There's a thing called Whamageddon, <laughs> where it was uh, like it, it, December first. If you you see how long you can go throughout December without hearing Last Christmas by Wham. I have friends who do that. I got to the eighth of December this year, and this is the best I've ever done. Was the eighth because it's played. Oh, I have the radio on all the time during the mm-hmm. day, and it's on all. It just appears. The song just appears, so I can't help it. So, but I got to the eighth of December this year, and I wasn't even playing. But I still did it. <laughs> I don't think I've heard it yet. I haven't heard it yet. Yeah, I should play it next time I'm at the bar. Yeah, you you don't live in the UK because it's on all the fucking time. Well, yet. I also just haven't heard much Christmas music at all. Right. Um, I the radio stations I listen to don't play a lot of Christmas music, and usually when they do, I turn it away from the station. <laughs> um, and then I just haven't been places like i haven't done a lot of shopping or like i haven't been places where christmas music would be playing so i haven't heard much at all except for at the bar someone always plays uh like as soon as thanksgiving is over there's always someone playing all i want for christmas is you and it almost always gets skipped by the bartender (laughs) bartenders do not tolerate it especially like the day after thanksgiving somebody played it twice oh really yeah yeah and no one's no one's gonna do that no one's gonna listen to that yeah yeah, the radio station I listen to all the time um, just plays. Not, they don't play Christmas music all the time, but like at least three or four an hour or something, and it's just then it starts to become just the same ones mm-hmm. <laughs> over and over again. Uh, but yeah, like fucking Paul McCartney's Ugh. Christmas song. I hate that song. Yeah, uh, Shaking Stevens, Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, Merry Christmas, everybody by Slade. I uh, wish it could be Christmas every day by um, who sings that wizard? Um, only this Christmas by Mud. Yeah, stuff like that. You play all the time in the UK, constantly. Anyway, yeah. So next week we're doing Home Alone two, as we said before. Mm-hmm. It's no secret because <laughs> we decided um, we've each got a pick this month, and we've been talking about doing Home Alone two for past two years, so we might as well just do it, get it over <laughs> with. Uh, right, Home Alone 2 from 92? I think so, Nine? yeah. If you want to follow the podcast, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod uh, and at ShiftyB is my personal Twitter and Mastodon. ShiftyBest.co.uk is the website. Contact at shiftbest.co.uk is the email address. Where can people follow you online, Jen? I'm at Pilot Inspectors on Elon Musk's Twitter, uh, which today <laughs> my husband informed me he deleted the Twitter app because he said that Twitter right now, and I haven't been on Twitter in a while, he said Twitter is just people talking about Twitter. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> so he was like, I'm done. I'm more really on it for the podcast stuff. <laughs> I'm not, I don't bother with it anymore. I don't read it. So, yeah, thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.